Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. He has a real tumultuous interview with Cher, and she calls him, um, it starts with A and ends with E, and is part of the human anatomy. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show. Happy summer. Yay! Happy summer. Memorial Day has passed, and uh, my wife and I did a few things on Memorial Day mm-hmm. to say a grand thank you for those that uh, sacrificed themselves for this nation. In terms of food, though, did you barbecue? Uh, we barbecued actually Saturdays. We had leftovers. Right, because the rains came again. Mm-hmm. I tell you, you know, I'm not a, a huge environmentalist type person, but it's hard to say there's no global climate change. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it looks like it looks like we've angered the gods. Oh, yeah. I think a hurricane passed at 3 a.m. this morning. I know. Did you hear that? Yeah. And it's one of those things they keep telling us, when you hear the sound that sounds like a train is passing over <laughs> top, it's a, it's a tornado. I'm thinking to myself, that's a train. Wait, wait a minute, that's a train. I'm, I'm really nervous about this I whole thing. I made my husband bring both kids into our room. Yeah, well, it was really scary. It was a it nasty was. thing last night. Yeah. Let me tell you, though, we were going to barbecue. We were going to cook out hamburgers. Mm-hmm. But again, the deluge came. <laughs> and, and again, this is Louisiana. We live in a subtropical climate, so we're used to the rain. Right. But this was rain. Oh, yes. And we decided, well, we can't barbecue in this. So what we did is we ran out and we grabbed McDonald's. Oh, I'm so sorry. Those are burgers, aren't they? Right? Oh, I don't know. Some people would beg to differ. Stop it. Those are burgers. (laughs) So we had burgers and we can't make French fries. So (laughs) (laughs) have you watched the David Letterman season, I guess, series finale? I haven't. The last episode is on my DVR. Well, did you extend it by any chance? I don't know. My husband sets all that up. Okay. Well, it went, I think, 16 or 17 minutes past the hour that it was allocated. Really? Which means if you didn't extend it, you missed the Foo Fighters Oh, I heard they played Everlong, right? They did, which David Letterman proclaims is his favorite song. And I'm going to explain to you why he chose the Foo Fighters to Mm -hmm. end his show, because we're talking about David. David Letterman today. I am a monstrous David Letterman fan, even though I did morning radio through a lot of his stuff and we didn't have DVRs back then, Exactly. but we had VCRs. So I had a tape that was set to David Letterman (laughs) and I wore that silly thing out. You'd watch it, back it up, set it in, push the buttons and do all of that. I could actually program a VCR. huh? (laughs) That's why you have a PhD. I have a PhD. Right. Mm -hmm. Letterman surpassed Johnny Carson as the longest-serving late-night talk show host in American history, 31 years in total. He hosted 6,028 episodes of his show over a period of 33 years, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you would think to yourself, well, you're on the radio, Joe. Just go grab music that played on The Late Show, stuff they've posted online. Just go grab Mm -hmm. that. I can't. 
It's a copyright concern. Um, It's easy to go find it. That's no Mm -hmm. problem. Go to YouTube. There it all is. And David Letterman himself, Worldwide Pants is his company. Mm -hmm. They post music from The Late Show. Again. But they own it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just go grab it. Play it on the air. Why can't you do that? I link to it. Well, yeah, you can link to it, too. That's Mm -hmm. allowed because that doesn't take away their copyright. We hold copyright over this show, and if I go grab David Letterman music and I play it, Mm -hmm. I am claiming a secondary copyright, and that's not good. So what I have here is a CD that they put out called Live on Letterman, Music from the Light Show. And we can play this. Do we have a time span on that? Uh, I'll have to look at that. I'll have to look at the copyright on this. But this is all music that was played on The Late Show. Mm -hmm. We can play this. And we're going to mention a lot of music that you can go online and see. One of my favorite performances was uh, by the Beastie Boys Mm -hmm. on Letterman. As much as I'd love to play it, I can't. Uh. But... You can go see it, Mm -hmm. but I can play this stuff. So we'll play this right now. Jerry Garcia, friend of the devils, a friend of mine from The Late Show. Sounds like this on Rock School. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome David Grisman and Jerry Garcia. Didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. Just might get some sleep tonight. All right, coming out of Jerry Garcia, talking about David Letterman here on Rock School. Do you know during the Cursed Gulf War that uh, David Letterman showed up on an Al-Qaeda website? No. Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda, however you said it. Uh He made fun of them. He made fun of their leaders. Um. And they specifically put out a, what do you call it, a fatwa? Something okay. to kill him. They wanted him dead. Yeah, he was. He supposedly <laughs> was one of the people that, if they could, they would have offed him. That's crazy. Yeah, he went on uh, on the web and said, "This is Jay Leno doing this, of course." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, for as many people as are making fun, why would they yeah. single him out? Well, because he's a high-profile target. Yeah. You wonder why, you know, the people who are interested in doing this, why are they always going after major cities? I don't understand why they want to do that because major cities are are so fortified. Mm -hmm. I always wonder why they don't go after sort of snake belly Arkansas. Like Red Dawn. Yeah. Why don't they go after some little thing? They're not quite Mm -hmm. as, you know, and here I am telling them what to do. Don't do that. (laughs) Uh, What else do I have here? It says here that when Carson retired, Letterman was supposed to get The Tonight Show. I remember this specifically. There was a movie made about this as well. NBC gave the job to Jay Leno, and of course everyone thought that you know, no way Leno is going to beat Letterman. And for a good long while, when he moved to CBS, mm-hmm. Leno was being defeated soundly by David Letterman. Mm-hmm. He went to the Ed Sullivan Theater, Letterman did, $8 million renovation. All told, if the numbers are right, took $140 million to bring everybody and all the copyrights and Paul uh-huh. Schaefer and World's Most Dangerous Band over to CBS. Letterman beat Leno consistently for about two years until Hugh Grant went on Leno Uh to talk about being caught with a prostitute. Do you remember that? Yes. And that's when the ratings sort of flipped and went to Leno and Letterman never recovered. Now, Letterman went back on top when Leno was fired and they brought in Conan O'Brien. Okay, gotcha. There were two years there when uh, Conan O'Brien was on The Tonight Show. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Letterman went back on top. 
once Conan O'Brien was fired and Leno came back, Letterman fell to second and had been second the mm-hmm. entire time. He won the night, you know, during his last week. Right. But for the most part, Leno, for the whole time, uh-huh. he was um, number one in late night. I can't stand Jay Leno. I, I didn't understand it either myself. I really don't like him. My assumption is he hit a an, an older audience and the older audience was much more loyal. They didn't watch in a time-shifted fashion. Mm-hmm. They watched when the show was on rather uh, than gotcha. watching it in different time frames and such. And thus, mm-hmm. he won the time slot. Right. Thus, he was ranked number one. And according to Forbes, with all of his investments and all the other stuff that goes along, Letterman was making $40 million per year from the show. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, here's one you wanted to hear. Jewel <laughs> and Flea. That's why I want to hear it, because right. of Jewel and Flea. Right, what? right. Red Hot Chili Peppers. You were meant for me. Right here from the album Live on Letterman on Rock School. I hear the clock 6 a.m. I feel so far from where I've been. I got my eggs and my pancake you. Talking Dave Letterman here on Rock School. Let's talk the NBC show before he moves to CBS. This is when the world was introduced to him as this guy that was a weatherman who made the statement, the hail is coming down the size of canned hams. Did you ever notice that? (laughs) He used to give away canned hams Uh on his show. It's because he was a weatherman and made that statement at one point in time. Here are some musical things that happened on Late Night, again, the NBC okay. show. And what what I thought was interesting about the NBC show is he seemed to have, and maybe it's because he was new and hipper and he was the guy in the blue suit and the khaki pants. When he moved to CBS, he seemed to be more formal. He went to tailored suits mm-hmm. and things like that. Not that he got bad, right. but it was it was much more loose and it seemed like... I don't know, much more rock and roll when he was at NBC. Okay. Here are some things that happened at NBC in terms of music you you might have remembered. Sonny and Cher were reunited in 1987, sang together for the first time in 11 years. Huh. Also, and you can look this up on online as well, he has a real tumultuous interview with Cher, and she calls him, um, it starts with A and ends with E and is part of the human anatomy. <laughs> following me yeah Ringo Starr was talked into playing drums with Paul Schaefer's band when he appeared appeared in 1989 Sly mm-hmm. Stone gave his last ever television performance on the show in 1982 oh that's cool yeah Carly Simon performed on the show from a hotel room because she had sort of panic attacks uh-huh. when she would perform sometimes they would be so terrible she would have to either postpone or put off concerts huh she played from a hotel room because she had a panic attack that night of appearing in front of a live audience. Wow. Not kidding. James Brown appeared on the show numerous times and gave his uh, last television performance in 1982 during uh, one of the seasons of David Letterman's show and performed Sex Machine. How about that? Cool. And uh, also referred to Letterman as the second hardest working man in show business. <laughs> I've got a few more here, but you wanted to hear R.E.M. Uh-huh. And we have Crush right here on uh, the David Letterman CD. 
On October 6, 1983, REM made its debut American Network Television appearance on Late Night. I'm reading this really? blatantly. Uh-huh. The band performed the radio, uh, the single Radio Free Europe and the new unnamed song, which was to become So Central Rain, mm-hmm. and became the single from the band's second album, Reckoning. After their performance, single Michael St- singer Michael Stipe uh-huh. sat down in the drum riser, forcing Letterman to interview the other band members. Stipe wasn't able to get up and talk with him. <laughs> All right. Here you go. From the 90s. And by the way, you figured it out. This uh, this album is from the 90s. This is R.E.M. Crush right here on Rock School. Coming out of R.E.M., do you know what the song What's the Frequency, Kenneth, is about? Yes, it's about uh, mugging... For Tom Brokaw? Dan Rather. Dan Rather, yes. Right. Uh, some guy accosted him yes. and just kept screaming, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Uh-huh. In 1985, David Letterman went to, I guess it was in New York, uh, REM was doing something like a three or four night stand in the city, uh-huh. and he got Dan Rather to go up on stage during a sound check with REM. And again, you can go online That's and see this. Awesome. And said, you know, let's, let's go check and see what's happening with REM. And they started singing it, and Dan Rather is singing. What's the free- well, <laughs> singing is really a a nice way of putting it. But yeah. yeah, he was sort of mumbling through "What's the Frequency, Kenneth?" with uh, with REM. That's See, great. See, he could get people to do those kind of things. I told you I went to go see. The the it was the late show with David Letterman. So I went to New York City. I used to be a professor at a a university up in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and we would split and be on Manhattan Island in two two and a half hours. People say there's no parking on Manhattan. Was parking everywhere. You just have to pay for it. So (laughs) we'd go through the Lincoln and get up on 40th or 41st Street, right? And you know, pick a place. Give them the money and park. That's New Orleans. Right, exactly. There's parking everywhere in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Just pay for it. So what we did is you wrote in to get tickets, and it wasn't difficult. You gave them a range of of dates, and Mm -hmm. and you got tickets back. Uh, As a matter of fact, I still have the the item up in my... uh, up in my office, it's framed. It's the ticket to Late Night with David Letterman, and I can't uh-huh. think of their names, but the guys who oper- operated the little diner next door, uh-huh. we have their signature on the ticket. Oh, that's it's fun. up in my office. That night, we saw Richard Lewis and uh, the comedian Richard Lewis mm-hmm. and Lyle Lovett as ah. the musical guest. What was really neat was as we were waiting in line, Lyle Lovett drove himself to the concert or to the show right pulled up in this large black sort of unmarked nothing car uh-huh. stopped next to the stage door got out opened the trunk picked up a guitar case waved at everybody and walked in the side door there How you go funny. here's lyle love it you, you know you expect <laughs> these stars to have a crew with them right my guess is he got out bought you know jumped in the car and went back to the hotel room <laughs> that's that <laughs> um you're extremely steep mm-hmm. you know when you were looking down on it David Letterman was not very, how do I put this, not very interactive with the crowd that night. In fact, the show Mm -hmm. was not going well that night. Mistakes were being made. In fact, the top 10 list had to be redone again that night. And you could see he was visibly angry about that. Uh And this one woman kept yelling, I love you, Dave. I love you, Dave. And he sort of shut her down by going, yes, ma'am, I love you too. Let's have a small backyard wedding. (laughs) And you could hear it in his voice. He wasn't real pleased about that. Uh So he had to redo the top 10 list. 
the thing that I remember specifically was how loud the band was. Really? It was not a little loud. Uh-huh. It was to the point where you were yelling at the person next to you. <laughs> the Yeah, the band was, I'm talking about Paul Schaefer's band. Uh-huh. And you would think, well, you know, you get to talk to somebody. No, no. During the breaks, mm-hmm. the band would play sort of a little bump music. Uh-huh. And then they would calm down. And David Letterman would be there with his producers talking during the break. Right. And somebody would give a, a cue for time. They'd back out. And the band would pop, 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 come back in. Uh-huh. And would start playing the bump music again. And they'd go back into the show. What's the reasoning for them being so loud? I have no idea. They mm-hmm. just were. I'm sure they could have done it softer, but they didn't. But that's <laughs> that was my thing with, with David Letterman. And when the show was over, they said, thank you very much. They had some comedian that sort of said hi to us. Mm-hmm. you know. And David Letterman came out and waved hi and did a little bit of a bow before the show got underway. But that was it. That was it. Up, down, get lost, goodbye, <laughs> go away. So Radio Universidad Salamanca, Spain, thank you very much for running the radio show. KFOK in Sacramento, California. Get us on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show, and like us, you really like us, and uh, we'll do Thursday trivia for you every Thursday, except the last two, which I missed. Dummy me. <laughs> we'll start again. Back in a minute on Rock School. Coming out of the break, we'll do a short one to the bottom of the hour. The David Letterman Communication and Media Building at Ball State University, Muncie, Indiana. That's where he went to school. Oh, okay. Right? And he paid the money for this thing, $21 million. And apparently it is the height of communication technology and professorship wow you can learn just about anything you want there but that's although that's neat Mm -hmm. the david letterman scholarship is really the neato mosquito thing okay if you look it up and all you have to do is search david letterman scholarship it Mm -hmm. again is on the campus of ball state university muncie indiana Mm -hmm. winner receives ten thousand dollars first runner-up receives five thousand dollars and the third runner-up uh which i guess is Second runner-up, third place, right. receives $3,333. That's common. That's Those right. are numbers that happen all the time. Here's the thing. David Letterman's grades were lousy. <laughs> he was a C student at best. Uh-huh. Now, it's a basic scholarship. You have to prepare one of about four different things, you know, a stand-up or a presentation of some kind. Right. But the big thing is, it states right here, grades are not a concern and are not to be taken into account. Huh. It's for kids who are not high-grade earners. Because scholarships almost always go to a kid. you got to have a 3.5. Exactly. you got to have a 3.2. And Letterman proves that, no, no, you don't. Correct. So Absolutely. It's, it's fun when you look at it. It's first thing. Grades are not taken into account. Yeah, because some of these kids have so many scholarships, they have too much money. Right, and I'm thinking to myself, as an academic, do I like that? Do I not like that? (laughs) Here you go, from the album, live on Letterman, music from The Late Show, Patti Smith, who do you love? Rockstool. Coming out of Patti Smith, fantastically late. 
fantastically late, but I got to tell you these uh, other little blips of information. Uh, also from Late Night with David Letterman. This is the mm-hmm. NBC show. December 16th, 1986, Darlene Love performed Christmas Baby, Please Come Home for the first time, and it became a tradition. She came in and performed that on the last show before Christmas um, on just about every year, as far as I know, and Mm -hmm. it was something that I started looking forward to. I don't have a date on this, but Oasis sang on Letterman for their first television appearance here in America. And June 25, 1993, on Dave's last late night show before moving to CBS, Tom Hanks was the guest, but out of the clear blue sky, Bruce Springsteen popped up and sang Glory Days for him. So it's time to do seven days in 70 seconds. My name is Joe Burns. You are. Morning, Greg. These are those dates, May 25th all the way through May 31st. Uh, These rock and roll dates. What happened on Monday? Go. May 25th, 1974, Rick Wakeman became the first member of the group Yes to have a number one UK album when Journey to the Center of the Earth went to the top of the charts. May 26, 1972, at the point of the band splitting up, David Bowie offered Mott the Hoople two of his songs, Suffragette City, they turned it down, obviously Bowie re-recorded it, Uh and All the Young Dudes, which they recorded and it became an anthem which moved the youth of the UK. May 27, 1994, the Eagles played their first show in 14 years when they played a show in Burbank, California. May 28, 1983, Rapid Fire appeared at Gazzari's on the Sunset Strip, Los Angeles. Rapid Fire featured singer Axl Rose, who was seen for the first time by a guitarist by the name of Slash, who was in the audience. May 29, 1999, skeletal remains were found by photographers looking for old car wrecks to shoot at the bottom of Decker Canyon near Malibu, California. Based on forensic evidence, the remains were Philip Kramer, former bassist with rock group Iron Butterfly, who had disappeared on his way home from work on February 12, 1995. His death was ruled a probable suicide. May 30th, 1980, Carl Rattle, bass player with Derek and the Dominoes, died of kidney failure, age 38. He also worked with Gary Lewis and the Playboys, Harrison, Joe Cocker, Dave Mason, Delaney, and Bonnie. May 31, 1976, The Who gave themselves a place in the Guinness Book of World Records as the loudest rock band ever. 120 decibels. And you think to yourself, well, how loud is that? 120 decibels is known as the threshold of pain. Luckily, it was an outside performance. They played at the Charlton Athletic Football Ground. Yes, 120 decibels will begin to hurt you, physically hurt you. From the album, Live on Letterman, Louis. Coming in the second break here on Rocksville, let's move him over to The Late Show with David Letterman. That is CBS. That's okay. when he leaves NBC because of the whole Jay Leno debacle, and he thought he was going to get The Tonight Show from Carson, but mm-hmm. did not. Around what year was that? 92. Okay. 93. 92 is when Carson retires, so I don't have an exact date when he splits over there. That was probably about the time I would start watching. Oh, see, I, I started... 
watching less when he went to CBS. Well, think I mean, about my age, though. Yeah, okay. You were, what, four? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes yeah. I was four. Mm-hmm. That's also when the show started to be produced by Letterman's production company, Worldwide Pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love pants. He also <laughs> had a new uh, announcer, Alan Coulter, big red, big tall guy with red hair and mm-hmm. such. It's also, I remember specifically this happening uh, October 1st, 2009. I know that's way into it. Right. But... That's when David Letterman was the target of the extortion attempt. Do you remember this? No. The story goes generally this way. Someone leaves a package in his car that that states, here's everything I know about you. Okay. And if you don't give me like $2 million, I'm going to turn this into a screenplay. I'm going to write a book about this whole thing. Okay. Letterman goes on the air October I think first, yeah, oh, first, uh, 2009, I, mm-hmm. and makes the statement, somebody is blackmailing me mm-hmm. to point out that I had an affair with one of the, the staffers. Yeah, her mm-hmm. name was Stephanie Burkett. And then he admits on air, yes, I did it. And they catch the guy because Letterman creates a check for $2 million really? and gives it to the guy. Now, it's it's being done with the Manhattan District Attorney Office and such. Okay, gotcha. But when the guy whose name is Joe Halderman, who is a producer of 48 Hours, when he goes to cash the check, they get him. Obviously. Yeah, and you think to yourself, he took it in a check. That's like buying a bag of weed with a check. Exactly. You, Who's stupid enough to take a check? You're right. Apparently this guy was. Yeah, so when he goes to cash the check, boom, the guy gets nailed for attempted grand larceny. But, yeah, Letterman, I, I, it's a, it's a, I don't know how to say it. It's an embarrassing thing, but he handled it in terms of the media, I guess, correctly. Oh, absolutely. Here he, it is. Hand it out there. He could have easily said, I did not have sex with that woman. Oh, that was a president that said that, yep. wasn't it? Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the thing that sticks in my head of all the things oh, yeah. of that time period. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know why, but that's that's the one that pops in. Good for him for manning up and admitting it. I guess, but he you know he had a wife, and I think he had his son by then. Mm-hmm. So, KCMJ Colorado Springs, thanks for running the radio show. KSKQ in Ashland, Oregon. You betcha. Back in a minute on Rock School. Let me tell you a few things here. The guests with the most appearances on the CBS show were Regis Philbin, 150 appearances. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Really? Well, he was a standby guest. I guarantee it. Okay. He was just sort of on call uh-huh. in case some guest couldn't make it. They called Regis Philbin. I guess because I think when I think of Regis, I think of Regis and Kathy Lee. That's I don't who it is. Him. Yeah. I know, but I don't put him in with David. I, I, I think of that he as He was two the most, yeah. Marv Albert, who came on and showed all kinds of wild and wacky sports. Jack Hanna and a few other people. I'm trying to remember who the weight loss guy was. Richard Simmons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had Richard Simmons on my show one time. Did you He's really? He's a brilliant guest. He really <laughs> is. And I know what you're thinking. This is the way he is his whole life. This is the way oh, he no. is. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. He really isn't. On April 12th, 1995, if you remember this one, you can look this one up, too, on, um, on uh, YouTube. Drew Barrymore jumped on the desk and flashed herself to David Letterman because it was his birthday. Oh, how funny. Do you remember that one? (laughs) Uh, Also, this is the episode that had, or this is where Madonna on March 31st, 1994, got into an extremely dirty 
okay. argument with David Letterman. It was to that point in time the most heavily censored television show in history. The F word was dropped 14 times. <laughs> also, multiple other bad words and sexual Indian innuendos. The grocery bagging champion was the second guest, and the counting <laughs> crows were the musical guests that oh. day. But again, if you want to see it, simply search David Letterman Madonna and you'll see it. It's the one, as you're looking at the little squares that show a preview of what the video is, uh-huh. Madonna's in a black dress with her hair slicked back and black. Kind of okay. looks like she's wearing a swimming cap. That was so, about the time her book came out, probably. It, probably. But... It was the most heavily censored right in a row. From the album Live on Letterman, got Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to go my way right here in Rockstar? Okay, at the beginning of the show, do you remember I told you there's a whole bunch of stuff online that you should go see? Uh-huh. Here's a few that you should go see. Okay. The first show that Letterman came back with after September 11th, Oh. he had on the Boys Choir of Harlem. Oh, wow. Go watch that. Okay. It will make you cry. I know this is me. I get it. But go watch Eddie Van Halen playing with World's Most Dangerous Band. It's really good because Dave looks at him and says, Eddie, let me ask you a question. David Lee Roth's really annoying, isn't he? (laughs) Right. In 2001, Steve Martin plays Foggy Mountain Breakdown with Earl Scruggs and a huge array of bluegrass musicians. In 1989, Sammy Davis Jr. plays I Can't Get Started. Hmm. Oh, it's so brilliant. In 2011, they do Drum Week. Uh-huh. Dave Letterman's a huge fan of drums. Really? As a matter of fact, if if you sort of watch him say thank you to bands afterwards, mm-hmm. he will almost always invariably say something about the drums. Normally, are those your drums? Are uh-huh. they rented? You know, can I buy those? Uh-huh. He loves drums, and he had a whole week of drum solos. Mm-hmm. Watch Neil Pert's drum solo the guy from rush and by uh-huh. the way I, I just went to see rush i saw that I bet. <laughs> I bet. stanley clark in 1986 is spell stanley with an e by the way mm-hmm. to watch stanley clark play is almost a religious experience and he mm-hmm. kills it the beastie boys and again i'm 50 please don't laugh at me check it out okay <laughs> they come in from the subway into the studio uh-huh. it's so well done the fact that they came from in the street into the studio. Yeah. Just the logistics of how you shot such a thing. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine. Really well done. Paul McCartney sings Get Back, but you know how they sang Get Back on top of Abbey Road? Uh-huh. They sing it on top of the late night sign. Oh, that's awesome. Really clever. Warren Zevon, Rollin' the Headless Thompson Gunner. Mm-hmm. This was, he was coming to an end. He, gotcha. he knew the end was near, and Letterman begged him to come on and sing this song. Oh, wow. So so watch it. And again, watch him at the end of each one of these um, performances. He mm-hmm. will almost always invariably comment, are those your drums? Does he play drums? Those drums? I don't know. Oh. I wish I knew, but, but he is infatuated with drums. He seems to like drums. Okay, one more from the album. Aretha Franklin, Think. Rock School. Think, think, think about 
Okay, last break here mm-hmm. on Rock School, and we have to do it within a minute. Yeah, and you told me you'd tell me why. Right, why Everlong was played by the Foo Fighters. Right. Okay, May 20th, 2015, that was the finale. Mm-hmm. Well, when Letterman returned to the show after his heart surgery, he asked the band to mm-hmm. play Everlong. Why? It's his favorite band, it's his favorite song. Okay. The Foo Fighters stopped a South American tour and returned to the States to perform the song. Really? That's, That's awesome. the reason. So when came time to end the entire run, right. it seemed a logical choice. Bring the Foo Fighters back in again, play the song again. And mm-hmm. of course, if you're Dave Grohl, well, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, exactly. you come in. There's the story. That's, Very cool. I, I wish it was harder and more difficult than that, but that's nope. it. So goodbye, Dave. And, you know, now that I'm 50, I just had a, a very, very good friend from college die over the weekend, heart trouble. Oh. And David Letterman is is gone. I'm starting to see these things, you know, Rush is on their last tour. I'm going to go see the Motley Crue last tour as well. Uh, it's starting to happen. Oh, that's... Don't know that I like this. How about that for a downer? we got to get out of here. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. That'll do it. Class is dismissed. <laughs>